Hey, welcome back everybody for another enthralling episode of the uh, podcast. Hope everybody's doing okay. It's day I'm recording this. It's a actually a lovely day. It's one of those days that you really don't want to be outside or inside, but sometimes... Um, Sometimes you just got to be inside for a while, but I have a big window right beside me, and I'm looking out at it, and that helps. That absolutely helps. Um, what can I? What? What? What are we doing today? Today, uh, this is for the Intro to Multimedia class. This is going to be. Uh, we're talking about Chapter Two, which is collaboration so collaboration you know in a school setting typically those are group projects that an infinite amount of people do not like uh, the thing about working sort of collectively with other people is it's a little bit different in school than it is in the professional world um, you know there's always you can break those groups down there's always you know the people who want to do everything there's nothing that anybody else can do that's as good as, you know, what they can do it. And those people are annoying. And then there's the other people who don't want to do anything. Don't don't reply to emails. Don't reply to, you know, group chat, whatever it happen, you happen to be using. They don't do a lot of that stuff. And that's annoying. And then you've got sort of a handful of people who are just kind of like, hey, you know, I just want to work. Just want to do the job. Um, and so what we're talking about today is how you work with that in, in the world of journalism. It's, you know, it's pretty common to have to do that, especially in this day and age right now, uh, where, you know, once COVID hit and that seems to be dominating everybody's, uh, frame of mind right now, everybody it's, and suddenly everyone's having to do a lot of work from home. And so in this particular case, you know, you're maybe working with a company that you're normally used to all being in the same office together. And, and, you know, for the past several months, you've had to figure out how to do this remotely. And, you know, in some industries have been doing that for quite a while. And it sort of depends on the people and, you know, what it is you do and how well that works and how well it doesn't. So what we're going to talk about today is um, 
kind of how you make that work. Uh, things you can do to make it better. Uh, things that you can do. It's kind of a, there's a bit of, it's about communication. In, and really a lot of it is just simply what we'd call project management. Uh, this can apply to a lot more than just um, simply journalism stuff. So, multimedia journalism at its core um, has collaboration involved. There's there's no there's no getting around that because good journalism happens in the field, and depending on what's going on, you know sometimes those people have to be all over the place. Um, depends on producers, reporters, photographers. Uh, sometimes you're doing all of these things. Um, depends on what sort of an organization you're working for. Uh, but there's a good chance you're going to be working out in the field by yourself and you're going to have to be relying on other people who may be doing other parts of the project or you, you know, they're just working in tandem with you and, and acting as a support role. Um, but mostly it's because we all, we all have things that we do better than others. Like... I'm a pretty good jack-of-all-trades. I'm a good photographer. I'm a good writer. I'm a good editor. You know, but there's some of those things that I'm better at than others. And, you know, then that's how most people are. Uh, they, they can do some things well, but there's typically one of those things that they do better than the rest of them. And so our goal is to partner up with people who are um, better at us than other parts. So if you're a, a really good writer... And you're an okay photographer. I mean, there's, you know, it's all right. You're solid. But you can pair up with someone who's a phenomenal photographer. That's just going to make everything better. Same way with video. If you can do all of the, you know, if you can have a good writer, a good photographer, and good videography, videography, um, everything gets better. Everything is better. And so we want to partner with people who are better than us, kind of so the, the overall arching um, result is just a a better end product. Um, so when we into into enter what we call into full convergence, and everybody's doing their own thing, and so we're all partnering up with other people to gather and disseminate the news. So convergence, if we're talking about that's a word that gets thrown around a lot. Convergence basically means you know that the the sum of the parts is greater than the whole so you can have you know things come together to create something new um, convergence in technology like if you look at a smartphone a smartphone is it's all these different technologies it was you know photo technology voice technology all these other wireless tech all of these different things that we used to have to have different devices for all came together and, you know, now you can have one device that does all of it. So kind of in the same way, can full convergence is a lot of people coming together to kind of create one new thing and, you know, working as a really good team. And if you want to be in that sort of a collaboration environment, you need to have some skills in that, res in that world too. So being a, a good collaborator has more to do with diplomacy than anything else. And, and admittedly, diplomacy is one of those things that we seem to be in short supply of lately. Uh, we're in this very sort of tribal mindset as a culture or a society. And 
we tend to play a lot of zero sum games like I get everything and you get nothing and that doesn't typically work out very well so what normally works out is this is what I want this is what you want what can we do so that both of us get the most most out of it that, that we want Every, where everybody's happy that's that's diplomacy we try to make both sides or all three sides or however many sides you have as happy as possible now when we're talking about a project you know we're all collaborating to try to make the end result really good not necessarily to make everyone as happy as they're going you know they want to be so your job's not necessarily to be nice Your job, I mean, you're getting, okay, let me put it this way. Getting along with others often has less to do with how nice you are and more to do with your ability to adapt to a particular circumstance. And the thing about journalism is things are always changing. Um, you, you have to adapt to evolving scenarios. Stories change. The people you deal with change. Things are, things are going to change. Your producer may decide that the story you're working on, they don't want you working on it, and they, they move you to someone else. You may set up an interview, and that person's ready to go, and then they don't show up, or they cancel at the last minute. Um, there's all kinds of stuff. And sometimes you get in a disagreement with the people that are in your group. Um, you know, you're coming to the same place from two different perspectives, and those perspectives don't necessarily align that well. So... Rule number one with this, if you're going to disagree with someone, it does not have to be contentious. Disagreeing with someone about the way a story is coming together does not have to be contentious. There's a way to disagree and be professional. And, you know, start with not belittling the other person across the room or across the table or on the other end of the computer. You know, disagree professionally. You don't always have to get along. I mean, a healthy dose of disagreement is actually good. Uh, you don't want to surround yourself with an echo chamber. One of the worst things you can do is just get everybody that just wants to agree to everything. They're, they're not going to challenge any idea. And so, because a little bit of healthy disagreement is going to help you grow as a journalist, uh, and it's also going to help the story grow. And this is where, so we. we we have to understand that disagreement is not necessarily the same thing as disrespect. You can disagree with someone respectfully, but there's also that point, and this is another thing that we do. A lot of people listen to respond. Um, they go into one of these scenarios with absolutely no intention of changing their mind or being willing to change their mind. Uh, and that's no good either. That's no bueno. We want, we want to be able to go in with the, this is what I feel really strong about this idea, but I'm open to hear a different perspective. And you'd be really surprised that sometimes those different perspectives, if you're willing to let yourself listen, turns to find out sometimes they're um, way better than whatever you could have brought to the table. And that's exactly the kind of environment that you want. And so rule number two is in order to bring this sort of diversity of ideas and thoughts and perspectives, make sure everybody has the chance to talk. This is where if you're that person who always wants to be in charge, 
this is the point that I'm just kind of politely say you need to shut up for a second and let somebody else talk. Now, the other side of that is if you're the person who's just quietly sitting there with some sort of idea in your mind and you don't want to talk, you need to speak up. And the other part of that is as a group, you need to make sure that that person speaks up whether they want to or not. Um, the thing about group work in a project work in the professional world is those those different kinds of personalities who may do too much or do too little, uh, they tend to weed themselves out. Bad people who don't work well with others and don't play well with others or just don't pull their weight uh, in the professional world tend to sort of, you know, well, they find something else to do with their days. We'll just put it that way. So make sure everybody has a chance to uh, express their opinion on all this. Rule number three, understand that not everybody's going to be happy all the time. That is really, you're not always going to get your way. Not everybody's going to be happy, and that includes you. And this becomes one of those moments that you sort of really kind of need to think about, you know, how hard you're willing, you know, are you willing to die on that hill? Uh, you know, you start getting to this world of pick your battles. Is it really that important? It's like, is this, but are you, again, going back to the, I always have to have my way. Make sure, nah, I'm just going to say, um, yeah, just move on. You don't get to always have your way. Pick your battles, you know, and if you're always trying to be on top, there's a point that, People are just going to stop listening to you or going to stop arguing with you because they know you're just not going to shut up about it. And that's, again, that's not very good either because, well, there's a good chance that some of your ideas aren't as good as theirs. So be willing to be unhappy for a while. So and when that happens, this is where compromise comes through. And for some reason, compromise seems to be a dirty word in a lot of circles these days. Like, there's no way we're going to compromise with this other group. Because that starts with the perspective that there's, one, that they don't need to be represented, and two, that there's no way that they can have an idea, a good idea. And that's just dumb. It's just a dumb attitude to have. And it's, it's an irresponsible attitude to have. Um, figure out a way, again, back to diplomacy. Figure out how you can compromise so the overall thing can get moved forward. You know, and sometimes you have conflicting personalities within this group. But figure out how that you can make this thing move forward. And your idea may get cut. And you, you may be, you know, you have to be okay with that. And But again, choose your battles wisely on this one. And as a result of this, and I don't know how many times I've had to tell people this. They never seem to believe me. You're going to have to learn to have thick skin. People are going to criticize your work. Um... You're going to have professional criticism within your group. And if we're dealing with journalism, the moment you post something on social media is, you know, about a second later is when you're going to start getting criticisms. So you've got to be able to um, write and produce and function and not have a meltdown if you or, or freeze up if you don't get your way or if, if somebody steps on your toes or you're going to, you're just going to have to learn to deal with criticism. It's just the reality of it, whether we like it or not. 
So how do we bring all this together? Well, first of all, as a group, you need to clearly define what your story is going to be. Like, what what do you want your audience to leave with? It, a lot of times with, when I'm designing, when I'm writing stories, or if I am um, producing videos or, you know, writing a speech or something like that, one of the things that I, I'm really conscientious of is what do I want to leave my audience with? Like, what do I want them to walk away with? And then I sort of work backwards from there. So the question is, if this is where I want them to end up, how do I get them there? And then, you know, you, you work that backwards and you find um, you find a path and you find the angle that you want to tell it. You know, and this is, again, if you're trying to reach a particular type of audience and, <coughs> excuse me, and try to get them at a... Um, in a particular mindset, you really kind of need to think about the angle or the perspective that you're going to tell that story. You know, what can you do in what sort of, you know, way and that angle perspective uh, is it that you can tell a story? So case in point, one of the big kind of ways to do that is a lot of news these days revolves around conflict. You know, group A is is fighting with group B or person A and person B or whatever the thing is. The story is about some sort of conflict between two different entities. And if you just tell that story strictly from one side or the other, then all you get is he, kind of a he said, she said sort of story if we're, talk, if we're dealing with conflict. And you don't really know how to believe or what, what to believe in that. And so another way to think about that is like, well, instead of telling the story from either perspective or only those two perspectives there's often a third perspective that and that's the perspective of of the people that are caught in between these are the people that this conflict affects so a simple example of that is if you've got a family the husband and wife are fighting and going through a divorce you know you can have that he said she said sort of uh, argument but then, but you could also say, hey, they've got kids. And so you then tell that story from the perspective of the kids as well. You know, it's not that you leave the other ones out, but it's that you catch the, you catch the perspective of those that the conflict affects the most. And sometimes that becomes a far more compelling story uh, because it doesn't allow either side necessarily to be, you know, angels or demons you know there's there's not necessarily a good guy and a bad guy in this story there's just two opposing forces and things caught in between now from a logistic standpoint one of the things you need to do in your group is appoint somebody to be in charge like the appoint a project manager this is a person who's going to be who should be more of a type a personality this is the person who doesn't mind, you know, who's good at keeping track of things. And they, you know, this is the kind of person who likes, you know, Microsoft Excel. They like spreadsheets. They like, you know, they're, they're a numbers kind of person. Or at least more so than you are. This is the person who's going to keep everybody on track and make sure everybody knows. Everybody's doing exactly what they, they're supposed to be doing and when they're supposed to be doing it. 
So once you have that person established, the next thing you need to do is, is clearly define the responsibilities of everyone in the, on the team. I need to know exactly what I'm supposed to do. You need to know what you're supposed to do. We need to know where that starts and that stops um, because we, don't, we want to try to avoid overlap. And also, like I need to know what you're doing. And you need to know what I'm doing. And so this way, you know, we're putting a puzzle together and everybody knows, you know, which piece they are and how it fits together with the other pieces. And this is going to make, you know, the decision making process, you know, a lot better and uh, the overall project typically a lot smoother. And the next thing you need to do is, is to start establishing deadlines. You've got intermediate intermediate deadlines and then kind of a final deadline. The intermediate ones are these benchmarks that you just need to we need to hit this point by this date. We need this needs to happen by this. You know, this is the final day that everything gets done. And so we don't want to turn everything in all at the same time on the last day at the last minute. So we set up intermediate benchmarks to get those things done. Um, and also, a lot of times this works because um, sometimes one of, the, one of the worst things that happen in a group project is if you're done with your piece or that you're you're stuck at a particular point in your piece and you can't go any further until somebody else in your group gets their thing their piece done and so when you're just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting that's a that's kind of an awful place to be so you again with the project manager and the deadlines and making sure everybody's pulling their own weight this is how you make sure it happens make sure everybody's there and that way nobody's waiting on anybody else, or at least no more than absolutely possible. And the next thing is agree on a common workflow. A workflow is sort of how you get things done. You know, this person takes, you know, takes, we'll say they write a story. They then submit it to this person who, you know, edits it. And they, you know, there's an established um, back and forth between the, the writer and the editor. And then... At that point, once it's finally, you know, submitted, you know, where it goes for a final publication or whatever it happens to be. You just need to know who's going to be responsible for the editing and the reviewing uh, of content for accuracy and consistency. Because those things are uh, central to what we do. If you can't get it right, then you don't need to be in journalism. Kind of, And if, you, if you're not willing to do the legwork to get it right, you know, again... That's where we go find something else to do with our days. Uh, and the other one, again, more basic logistics stuff. Figure out a file management system. This is the thing, you know, if you're all working on a particular project, how do you do that? There's software packages out there that allow for people to do this kind of together. Um, like if we're just sharing files, a lot of times, you know, personally, I use Dropbox a lot. Um, I'll just share a folder with somebody else. That way we can all have access to everything. Other people like to use, you know, the Google Drive. I don't, I'm not a big fan of Google Drive, but you know, to each their own. I can, we can manage, um, and make sure everyone knows kind of what the technical requirements are of the files where they're supposed to save them. You know, so if we're in Dropbox and we all have a shared folder, the photographer can have their folder, the videographer can have their folder, the writers can have their folder, whatever it happens to be, and then that way everybody can see what everybody else is doing. And this is a big one, especially when you're in the world where you're just all doing your own thing. You may be all working on your own pieces, but you're all working on a common project. 
it's good to touch base with people just to kind of know where you are. Um, the more time you spend working on your own and apart and, you know, virtually whatever, the more important it is or the greater level of importance it is to communicate with your team regularly because sometimes it's one of the, if you may see something that would be really useful to somebody else on the team, but unless you know where they are and kind of what, where their head is, then you don't necessarily know to share that with them. So always keep an eye out for information that could assist them and you pass it along. We like good information. We like, you know, to make our, the, the others, the, the lives of others a little bit easier if we can. And then finally, here's the big one. Um, go in it with an expectation and that you're going to produce high quality work. One of the things that I will, especially for my video students, that I will try to beat into their heads over and over and over and over again. And I'll, I'll try to beat it into yours too right now. If you have to tell yourself it's good enough, like if you have to convince yourself that what you did is good enough, then by default it's not good enough. Like if you're trying to, if you're trying to convince yourself that yeah it's good, it's good, yeah I'm, I you know, and deep down you're thinking I really wish I would have done this and done that, I could change that, or you know, this is the point. Everybody's like I really just need to redo that. But I don't want, and, and laziness kicks in, and you're just like, I just don't want to do all that extra work. Once it's done, it's done, and you're building a portfolio of your work. And so the stuff that you send out is going to be representative of what people think you are, and who people think you are, and the quality of work. And that can either help you or hurt you. So. Do good work. Just always, always do good work. And actually, this wraps up chapter two. These first chapters in this book are actually pretty short, so we're just kind of knocking them out pretty fast. Uh, let's see, we're around 26 minutes or so. I'm going to take you out of today with a band called Warm Sun. It's one of the plethora of bands that my friend um, Jason Hutto has been in. And here's a song called... See you at the march. Have a good one.